Hello and welcome to episode two of Decommunist. Welcome to episode two, finally. It has been arguably too long since I posted my last podcast, but here's the situation, you guys. Fourth of July weekend came up. I took some days off of work. Pokemon Go got released, so I've been running around town trying to find a gosh darn Pikachu. And unfortunately, I just didn't have the time to sit down and dive right into a new and wonderful Disney Channel original movie, but I did, and it is 2003's Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, the show or the movie about cooking and baseball and learning about yourself and accepting your friends and lots of other wonderful Disney Channel core values. This movie was one of the last Disney Channel movies that I remember watching, Disney Channel original movie, sorry, DCOM, get it together, Jessica, you have a whole podcast about them. It's one of the last ones I remember watching because 2003, I was getting to be like a little bit older than the Disney Channel and, you know, know exactly what I mean when I say this. I thought I was getting too old and too cool for it, for sure. It was 2003. I was listening to Avril Lavigne, so I was like a real punk rocker, Evanescence and Good Charlotte. I was watching Fuse TV, just doing really cool guy stuff, so I didn't have time for the Disney Channel anymore. But Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off was one of the last ones that I really remember getting into. Uh, something, I can't believe I haven't brought this up before. I know it's only my, what, second episode. But these movies, when I was a kid, I was really very easily influenced by them and inspired. Whatever they were doing in the movie, I wanted to do. Like, obviously for this one, I wanted to start cooking. Or Cadet Kelly, I wanted to go to military school. Thank God that no one in my family ever took that request seriously. Motocross, I wanted to ride dirt bikes. Double teamed, I wanted to get really good at basketball. That one was feasible, but I just didn't have the dedication. So when I, I remember watching this movie, and after we wrapped it up, me and my brother had watched it together, and we were like, oh, we could definitely cook. Let's cook something. That'll be fun. And it was awful. I can't remember <laughs> what we cooked but Eddie in the movie is sort of like a zesty fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants kind of cooker. He's not doing the whole recipe thing. He's just throwing some ingredients into a pan. At one point, he makes, like, Fruit Loop-covered fried chicken. Disgusting, but it looks fun and good in the movie. So me and my brother felt confident that we could replicate one of his, uh, his finer pieces. Turns out we couldn't. I'm a mediocre chef at best. I'm, you know, I can maybe whip up a chicken. And not even, like, a fun, like, chicken, just, like, grilled chicken. Maybe. It might be a little pink. But my brother, at this time, I can't speak for it now, but I have a hunch it's probably pretty similar, is a bad chef. Jimmy, I'm sure you'll listen to this and you'll be very offended, but tough titties, because here is an anecdote for his bad cooking. When we were younger, he burnt Easy Mac. Easy Mac. It's in the title. It's Easy Macaroni and Cheese. It's simple to make, you would think. For him, not so simple. Do you know why he burnt it? He burnt Easy Mac because he didn't put any water in it. He put a dry cup of noodles in the microwave and just sort of threw that out into the universe and said, bring me back mac and cheese. Guess what? The universe laughed in his face. He said, no, the universe is a man. That's not true. The universe is an entity. And that entity was like, Jimmy, pull yourself together. You have to put water in these noodles. I'm going to light them on fire. I don't, you know, I don't know if an actual fire happened. But something did burn down that day, and it was my respect for my brother's cooking. A little just of something else, just so you guys know. He one time fell asleep with, like, pizza rolls in the oven. That didn't go well either. 
Enough putting my brother on blast. Let's get back to the, the Disney Channel original movie at hand, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. I'd like to give you some background on the movie so we can all appreciate it together. And, yeah, I don't know, just it's just background. Just cool your jets. Don't expect such great explanations from me literally all the time. So I was looking at the cast, and I've decided to do a new segment here on D-Communist, and it's going to be called IMDB People of Note. And that means that I go on IMDB, and I look at the cast of every movie, and then if somebody did something extraordinary after or before the Disney Channel original movie, I'll tell you. So I'm not going to touch on every, you know, main person. Like Taylor Ball, who plays Eddie in this movie, he didn't do much after this. He didn't do much before this. He's got like a freaking five-page IMDb page. Five-page, five-list, whatever. But there were some other people who were involved that I'm going to talk about now on our brand new segment, which I already said, IMDb people of note. First is Orlando Brown. Orlando Brown was Eddie in That's So Raven. Not Eddie in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. I can't think of anything that's more confusing. But Eddie from That's So Raven plays Francisco, I think is his name in this movie. That's fun to say. Uh, Buddy the Elf wasn't lying. But Orlando Bloom is in this movie. Rose McIver is in this. Rose McIver plays Hannah. She's um, one of the gals on the baseball team. She has since gone on to be the star of the CW's I, Zombie. I know nothing about I, Zombie. I know it's on the CW, and I know she's a zombie who maybe solves crimes, judging from the three promos that I've seen. And then the last person that I want to talk about is Nancy Lenahan, L-E-N-E-H-A-N. Nancy Nancers, as I like to call everybody with the name Nancy, has been in a ton of stuff. But every time I see her in this one particular thing, I'm like, that's the teacher from Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. She's in one episode of Gilmore Girls. She is the owner of the Cheshire Cat. It's a inn that Lorelai and Rory go to when they're trying to get away from some of Lorelai's romantic troubles. I'm not going to spoil that for you in case anybody's watching Gilmore Girls to get prepped for the new season that's coming out eventually. Wow. Okay, I need to reel it in because this show is not about Gilmore Girls. Listen to Gilmore Guys if you want to listen to a show about Gilmore Girls. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to scoot right past all my crazy babbling and we're going to get into a plot summary of Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. The movie is about Eddie. Shocker. He is a baseball player on a mediocre team called the Groundhogs. Great name for a terrible baseball team. He is he's the best player on his team. They're the worst team in the league, so they're constantly losing. But his favorite thing about baseball is making Eddie dogs. And Eddie dogs are essentially just sloppy-ass hot dogs. Ketchup, mustard, sauerkraut. It's all over the place. I would never eat an Eddie dog, but people love him. So he, that's his favorite thing about baseball is cooking. And he, you know, he does like baseball, but it's not his passion. So then he comes home from a baseball game one day, flaps it on the TV, flips it on the chevel, the chevel, flips on the TV. I need to calm down. I'm too excited about Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, y'all. Too excited. He flips on the TV, the Food Network is on, and there's big old Bobby Flay flipping up a flapjack or something. He's cooking, and Eddie's like, wow, this looks awesome. This is something I'm really into. And I'm watching the movie and I'm thinking, well, that's silly. You know, like you watch one thing on TV and it's going to change your whole life. And then I remember, Jessica, every time you saw one of these movies, it changed your life. Like you, 
You were never going to be a, a rollerblader. But I got inline skates after I saw a brink, y'all. So I can understand where he was coming from. I was the same way when I was a kid. Additionally, I'm the same way when I'm an adult because anytime I watch an episode of Chopped, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go whip up something in the kitchen. And then I go and I make myself a can of Chef Boyardee ravioli. I can't cook. So <laughs> Eddie, he's watching this Food Network show. He's like feeling it. He decides to whip up some food. As I mentioned earlier, he makes fried chicken with Fruit Loops and this weird sauce. And everyone's like, oh, wow, Eddie, your food's really good. But then they start calling him Edwina and making fun of him because he's a boy who likes to cook. And isn't that hilarious? So Eddie's like, oh, no, whatever, you guys, I'm out of here. Goes to school. Time to register for class. Tricks his friends into signing up for home ec so he can learn more about cooking. In the cooking class is Bridget Simons, not Simmons. That is a plot point. She always gets mad, and it reminds me of a joke that I'm not <laughs> saying on the podcast. Shouldn't have brought it up. Anyway, Bridget is kind of the high-strung perfectionist, thinks she's better than everyone, like cuts the teacher off. You know the type. We all know somebody like that. She is... I got lost in my own head. <laughs> Bridget is in the cooking class with Eddie and their teacher, Nancy, who I was mentioning earlier, good old Nancers, who is so funny. She is the funniest part of this movie, has a thousand great one-liners. My personal favorite is who's ready to get their hands flowery and then crickets. That's okay. Nobody ever gets that. Like, oh, Nancers, I got it. So the dirty, flowery, hilarious joke. So Nancers is telling the class, hey, there's this million-dollar cook-off you win a scholarship to this great cooking school and you win some money for your school or whatever. Bridget's always like, I'm in, I got this, on lock. Eddie thinks, mm, you know, that's dumb in front of his friends, but secretly he thinks it's awesome. Grabs a pamphlet, starts training for cooking, or starts, he has to make his own recipe and he makes this disgusting purple sauce. And I guess for some reason, having a gross purple sauce counts as an original recipe, whatever. So he gets put into the, he makes it to the cook-off, you guys. Oh, big day for Eddie. Also, sad day for Eddie. His dad finds out he'd been hiding it from him. He's mad at him. The school hears about it, and they all make fun of him because, as I mentioned, he's a boy who likes cooking. Yay. <laughs> Look at him. Let's point and laugh. Poor Eddie. But he, you know, he sort of bears it a little bit. He starts training for the cook-off. He's doing well. His baseball team's actually doing better for some reason. And then... Shocker of all shockers, the cook-off and the championship baseball game fall on the same day. Oh, dear Lord in heaven, what's Eddie going to do? Eddie is going to do the following. Go to his baseball game for like two and a half innings. His head's not in it. He's all over the place. And then finally his dad's like, you know what, son? You're not passionate about this. You need to be at the freaking cook-off. So Eddie runs to the cook-off. Baseball game continues without him. The cook-off is essentially a glorified chopped. They have two hours to prepare a meal using all these ingredients and then four key ingredients, chicken, chocolate, lemons, and hot peppers. Eddie gets there. He has an hour and three minutes left. For whatever reason, that time is crystal clear in my head. He has an hour and three minutes left. He gets there. He's trying to start cooking. Things are not going his way. His chocolate truffle burns. His chicken isn't cooking right. And that's because Eddie is flying solo. Every other chef in the competition has help. So then guess who decides that he wants to come help? It's Eddie's papa. So papa gets himself thrown out of the baseball game. Wow, forgot to mention, his dad, head coach of the baseball team. Not a professional plot summarist, just a podcast host. Dad's a head coach, gets himself thrown out of the baseball game, runs over to help Eddie. Eddie is happy. It's a nice moment. His dad starts helping him cook. 
crunch time. You got to start plating and getting your food into the judges. Eddie's rushing up. He's like, Dad, go grab the lemon custard from the freezer or fridge. His dad grabs it. He's like, Eddie, the lemon thing. And he like holds up a spoonful and it flaps down. Didn't set, you guys. The custard didn't set. It's basically lemon goo. And Eddie's freaking out. He's like, oh, no. And he's like, Dad, toss me a lemon. So the dad runs, grabs him a lemon, throws it. Because they're baseball players. And that's what they do. And Eddie just zests the lemon over his dish. And is like, I did it. I got all the ingredients. And I was like, out loud, I said, oh, my ass. Because if anybody has ever watched an episode of Chopped, you know you have to transform an ingredient if you want to be even remotely considered for the victory. You can't just zest a lemon atop a dish that probably doesn't even need lemon zest. It was a chicken mole. He thinks he's got it on lock. Judges deliberate. Guess who wins? Did you guess? Did you guess, Eddie? You guessed incorrectly. Bridget Simons, the bossy girl from his class, won because Bridget, A, was a better cook. She took her training way more seriously, was more trained, period, in the beginning. (laughs) And she made a lemon angel food cake and she transformed her lemon, something Eddie failed at miserably. The team rushes to the cook-off after their baseball game. They're like, Eddie, did you win? And he's like, no, I didn't. But then they're like, We did! The baseball team won the championship! Yay! Baseball team wins, Eddie loses, but his friends and his family have come to accept his passion for cooking, so he's really the real winner. Yay! Eddie's million dollar cook-off! So I just saved you guys 90 minutes, because that's basically all you need to know about this movie. Now, I said in the intro episode of my podcast that I wasn't going to rip these movies apart, that we were just going to delight in their fun and talk and have a good time. And I really overestimated my ability now to be a jerk. Because some of these movies, they just deserve a shredding because, I don't know, because they're so so ridiculous. For this one, it's it's a baseball movie and it's a cooking movie. The writers clearly spent all their time researching the cooking aspect because the baseball portion lacks sorely. My favorite thing that they did with the baseball portion of this movie, at one point, Eddie's team, the Groundhog, is playing a team called Players. That's it, just Players. You look at the old-fashioned scoreboard one where they like, hang up the numbers individually, and it says Groundhog's Players. It made me laugh for three minutes. I had to pause the movie because I was like, oh, what's that team? They're just the Players. That's all, just the Players. Everything else outside of that, though, regarding baseball is a little silly. (laughs) Um, Eddie, best player on the team, is their first baseman. Look, let me, may I, can I be honest with you guys? I played first base on softball, and I was awful at softball. First base, you have to be a good player, but it's mm, it's not the trickiest position on the field. So I'm thinking... Did the rioters of this movie put him at first base because it's number one and they think like that's the leader? He's first, first base. If there's so much more drama to make him a pitcher or a catcher or a shortstop or something, but they're like, no, let's go, let's put Eddie at first because it's got number one. Stupid. So Eddie's at first, so if they want to make any drama happen, they have to do a double play. So that's what they did. Every single time. They're the worst baseball team in the league, and they turn a double play every single time. The classic, you know, second base fields it, short covers second, throws to first, boom, 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 you got him. Every time. Honestly, like five or six times this happens. 
and then Eddie to show that, you know, sometimes he's not fully there for the baseball game. Sometimes he's thinking about cooking. They will have him pull his foot off the bag. Like he's reaching for a throw and his foot's off the bag. That's it. It was never, you know, a throw that he had to dig out of the dirt or one that went over his head and he had to jump. Never. They never even considered the possibility. Like the only thing that could go wrong when you're playing first base is that your foot could be off the bag. And they did that four or six times. I'm not kidding you guys. Like that's all they did to make him seem like he was having an off game was have his foot off the bag. He wasn't, you know, having a trouble batting. <laughs> he wasn't, you know, making bad throws. Just no, just his foot off the bag. That's all we can think of that would make somebody bad at baseball. Ridiculous. And, you know, it's not a league of their own. It's not a baseball movie. But they, they, they could have tried a little harder, I suppose. Um, you, baseball. And then cooking. The cooking, I don't know a whole bunch about cooking. I'll be right, I'll be right up front with you. I watch a lot of Food Network, and I know Guy Fieri is a, a crazy person who loves burgers. <laughs> But the cooking aspect of the movie seemed to be pretty, pretty spot on. They were learning basic techniques, cutting, uh, different types of flour, yeast, things like that. So I can't really fault the cooking portion of this movie. And it's not called Eddie's Million Dollar Baseball Off. It's called Eddie's Million Dollar Cook Off. So if they had to focus on one, I think making it cooking was the right choice. So when Eddie is in school, they make fun of him for liking cooking. And that's, you know, I get that that's the premise of the movie and boys cooking is silly and girls playing baseball is silly and that all gets addressed and it gets sorted out. But there honestly is something that they could have made fun of Eddie for so much easier and it is his tacky early 2000s wardrobe. Let me give you the highlights. Lots of t-shirts with long sleeves underneath them. Leather uh, necklaces with like silver pendants. Uh, one of those backpacks that was like the side backpack, not like a saddle bag, like it was the one strap Jan Sport. You remember what I'm talking about. And the coup de gras, the thing that if I saw Eddie in the hallway and someone was like, Look at that kid, he is um, gonna be in the cooking competition, I'd be like, Oh, cool, good for him, he's a good cook. And then he, I saw what he was wearing, I'd push him into a locker. Dude was rocking a Nickelback-inspired leather bracelet. Why Nickelback? I don't know, but don't they seem like they're all wearing leather bracelets? He's a junior high kid wearing a leather bracelet. It's one of the douchiest things I can think of. And when I was in junior high, our fashion was wearing, or not our fashion, but guys were wearing like double-popped collars. Like they would wear like a blue collar, a blue polo and a purple polo, and they'd pop both the collars. And honestly, that's less douchey than the Eddie's leather bracelet. Ew. Horrible. And you know what? Not even horrible, but just tacky early 2000s fashion aside. It did have some great tunes. You know, some angsty punk rock, because that was what was in fashion, you guys. 2003. You'll remember. You remember where I was a simple plan. We listened to, like I mentioned, Charlotte Evanescence. That's when things were taking a turn. We were getting out of our poppy roots and we were feeling things. Yeah. So they're using that kind of music. They're using acoustic music. But they're all sort of setting the scene like this very tropical, wonderful place. That like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, living here seems like so much fun. But what didn't seem like fun would be having Eddie's dickhole dad to be your dad. His dad 
had some deep-seated issues with the gender binary that he might need to go see a psychologist about because they were rampant. He was, you know, the casting and the attitude are odd because he was kind of, he wasn't like a burly manly man type like you would think. He was older. He had a soft chin, glasses, graying hair. You know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't Mr. Macho physically, but in his mind, he was friggin' Arnold Schwarzenegger. He... The dad, Eddie had two brothers and then, you know, his mom. So the dad was living in a house, four boys, one gal. So he, for some reason, thought that that gave him the right just to say some really stupid crap. Honestly, if I was his wife, because she does overhear him say some of these things, I would just smack those glasses right off his stupid face. I'm like, you listen up. You better learn to start respecting women and stop being so creepy with your masculinity around your son because you're going to turn him into an asshole just like his father. A couple examples of Daddy Dickle being a real jerk. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry for saying Daddy Dickle. <laughs> it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, sir jerks a lot. No, oh my God, Jessica, you need to pull yourself together. <laughs> okay, well, let's call him the dad. The dad was a butt. He was, he was not a nice man. So a couple examples of the dad being gross. It, obviously, first and foremost, making fun of his son for liking to cook. Like, guess what, buddy? It's not the 1950s. You should also learn how to cook so you don't expect your wife to freaking make you a meal every night, you misogynistic little punk. There's, like, I think I might have mentioned, there's girls on Eddie's baseball team. And so when the girl does something good, the Dad gives her a compliment, like, hey, you're really one of the guys, or, you know, you know, you, you play better than a boy, or, you know, just something where it's like, she's not good on her own merit, she's good because she plays like a boy, and obviously playing like a boy is the primo thing that you want, and then conversely, he says that one of the other team's throwers plays like a girl, um, one of the opposing team's coaches is a nurse, and so he's like to his assistant coach, like, oh, he's a nurse. <laughs> because being a nurse, I guess, is for women only in this guy's world. Like, sorry, buddy, people need help, you know, not dying, so anybody that wants to volunteer for that position should be respected, not made fun of. But this all comes to a head after Eddie goes to his cook-off, because the team is there, and the dad's sort of running his jibs, and... He says, you know, we're going to try to hit down the third baseline because the third baseman throws like a girl. And Kimberly, the other girl on the Groundhogs, who frankly is just kind of bad at baseball, like no offense to Kimberly, she and I have a lot in common. She's like, you know what? No, you say he throws like a girl because that means he throws bad. But guess what? He just throws plain bad. I throw like a girl and I throw bad, but that's because I throw bad. Hannah throws like a girl because Hannah's a girl, but she throws good. She's one of the best players on this team. And the dad's like, huh. Oh, God. What do I do? What do I say? He's just, like, stunned that somebody, you know, is proving his worldview wrong. And then he's like, um, anything else? Like, kind of, you know, schwarmy. Like, he's going to let it roll off his back. How dare a woman speak to him in that tone? And then one of the boys on his team is like, hey, my dad's a nurse, and I heard you making fun of that other coach. My dad saves lives. Don't be rude. And so he, honestly, sort of learns Enough? No. I don't find his character redeemed at the end of the film. I still dislike the father of this movie quite a bit. He's one of my least favorite Disney Channel original movie dads. 
Maybe at the end of the show, when I've talked about all of them, I'll compile a list. But for now, let's put him right at number one because he was really quite a jerk. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then my last, mm, my last complaint with the film is the following. The movie ends, they're leaving the cook-off. Eddie has lost, but he has won because he's with his friends and they love him again for himself. No more hiding, no more pretending. Eddie likes to cook and that's just fine. So they're all leaving and then Bridget is like, or they're leaving to go have pizza or something, who knows. And we're just like, what about me? I'm the winner. And then Eddie's like, yeah, come on. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, he's not going to be a jerk. He's, he's not going to grow up to be like his dad. So then he sort of wraps his arm around her and he's looking at her trophy, freeze frame. So the movie ends with Bridget in her chef's outfit, classic, you know, white coat, white hat, really just picture a chef. You've got the image in your head. And then Eddie in his baseball uniform because that's what he used to cook in. But he's holding the trophy. So you freeze frame and it looks like Eddie keeps his, you know, baseball masculinity or whatever and gets a trophy for being the cook. And he, I'm like, you guys, think this through for a second. Let her be holding the trophy. Let him being proud of her. But no, for some reason, he grabs it out of her hand. He rubs me the wrong way. I left a bad taste in my mouth. And that's probably why I'm being so hypercritical of Eddie's million-dollar cook-off. Because the ending. Endings are crucial, you guys. Do you want to know one of the most upsetting endings in all of cinema history? It's that freaking movie, The Mist. I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but watch it sometime. It infuriates me. I watched that years ago, and I think about it every day. But this is not about the mist. I'm so sorry. This is about Eddie's million dollar cook-off. So, with that said, I feel that I have gotten everything I need to say about Eddie's million dollar cook-off off of my chest. I'm sorry I didn't like it as much as I like other Disney Channel original movies, but guess what? It was on my DVR, and I was like, let's get it done. So next week, in an effort to bring everyone joy, myself and you included, the film will be Lindsay Lohan's Get a Clue. <gasps> Yes, get a clue. It is a Disney Channel original movie. Brenda Song, Bug, who plays Alfalfa and Little Rascal. I don't want to get into any more. If you haven't seen it, you definitely should watch it because, ooh, it's a classic. And it should be fun. And hopefully I won't just yell and say horrible, horrible things like Daddy Dickle. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. If there's anything that you... Um, want to hear any movies that you want to suggest anything that you if there's like just anything just any comments about my podcast at all let me know message me on Facebook um, next till chirp me shoot me uh, a message on BBM Blackberry Messenger I don't have it so I won't get it but hey reach out and I'll respect it I also have a book on smoke signals so I can probably decipher whatever you want to say <laughs> all right thank you guys so much um, hopefully I'm going to be on a bi-weekly schedule so in two weeks and two Tuesdays, we will all be talking about Get a Clue. All right. Bye.